Shifa's Me, a podcast that inspires and celebrates personal and professional growth. I'll be your host, Nora Bade, founder of Shifa's Me, an educational lifestyle brand. After going through my own wild journey of discovering my most authentic self through mind, body, and soul, I've been discovering what it takes to find your passion and to live your most authentic life. This is the place to be to dig into real and raw conversations with radiant souls from everything natural beauty to holistic health, deep healing, personal growth, and building a purposeful life. Every single one of us has the ability to build extraordinary lives and this podcast is going to help you get there. on the podcast today, Bahia. Bahia is one of the most incredible person that I know. She's traveled worldwide to learn about transformative healing techniques and has dedicated her journey to master holistic healing. And if that's not enough, Bahia also has her PhD in life. She's a professional engineer, certified hypnotherapist, certified past life regressionist, certified aromatherapist, transpersonal sound healing, and shamanic healing. Welcome, Bahia. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm excited to, to be here and to share in all of the magic. You have been such a pillar in my personal growth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like there was something that connected us. Mm-hmm. And it's been transformative. And I think the world deserves to hear what your journey has been like. And everything that you do. Thank you. I remember when we met at Flow Meditation Studio mm-hmm. last year. So it's been just over a year. It has. Yeah. And it feels like a lifetime. I know. Mm-hmm. And then when you had reached out about the podcast and I was like, yeah, we'll set up a time, send me some dates to meet. And I was so excited to meet with you. Yeah. We didn't plan a time, but we found each other on Quimple Road at Starbucks. I, yeah. You were sitting there and I was like, of course, because this is supposed to be. It's yeah. like, um, it just flowed so effortlessly. It's it. And I think just timing right now, a lot of people are feeling a lot of shift and oh, energy yeah. and change. And this podcast is all about change that you can control in your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that that's one of the things that I am like so passionate about in my life now is like letting people know that they are able to shift anything in their life. Um, And even when we feel stuck or the energy feels stagnant, Mm -hmm. it's us. We are creating that resistance and that when people can allow themselves to to open up and expand and to seek a new way of seeing or understanding something. It like opens up this whole new world. It does. And it's exciting. Very exciting. And that was a mindset that took me a long time to foster Hmm. because I never believed that I controlled everything. Right. And that kind of leads into my childhood because I was raised in a traditional family where um, the father was the patriarch and whatever he said went. Um, So being raised, I didn't really have much choice or thought. So a lot of my belief systems came from, you know, what was modeled to me and what I saw. And a lot of that was, um, you know, the only way you can accomplish something is if you work really hard and burn yourself out and just go, 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 do, do, do. Um, But even in that mindset, on top of that, you know, my father had a mental illness. So being bipolar and then um, an entrepreneur and an immigrant to this country, it was just really challenging. Um, so there wasn't a lot of 
structure or, you know, space to nurture a person like myself who was a curious kid who was always just wanting to pull things apart and understand everything. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the guidance. I was always just kind of repressed, repressed, repressed. Um, So I feel like when all of this buildup kind of came into my late 30s, it was 30 when I was 38. So back in 2013 Mm -hmm. is when my life radically shifted. I was, you know, this beautiful person before then, but I was a chronic people pleaser. And I, you know, I took engineering because my father told me that that's what I was going to take. I didn't have a choice, but when I remember, you know, growing up, I always wanted, I always wanted to be a psychiatrist. I always said, I want to help people or a teacher, Mm -hmm. which is so interesting now because I'm helping people in a holistic and I'm a guide and a teacher. (laughs) So, um, I knew as a kid, but it just wasn't fostered. It was like, um, no, that's no, that's not the career you're going to take. You're going to take engineering. This will be a better career. And, and, you know, as people try to model our lives and we fit ourselves into these boxes to make everyone else happy, we lose ourselves. Yeah. We lose our identity. hundred percent. And I, I think that comes both from a personal level, friends, family, societal construct, as well as trying to fit like the norm Mm -hmm. we all kind of grow up in this system where you're traveling through your journey collectively and if anyone strays it's kind of like you're going against the grain and it it makes people uncomfortable it does oh totally (laughs) um it's it's a lot easier to uh just keep everyone else happy and I really knew how to do that well because that's what allowed for me to feel safe Mm what that does is at some point in your life, there's going to be like this, and I call it a spiritual crisis mm-hmm. where something will just, it won't feel right. And our higher self, you can call it, you know, source, whatever. There's this higher energy that's always guiding us and giving us little signs and symbols. We just have to look out for them to let us know that we're on the right path. Um, it was nudging me ever so gently, like along the way, but I wasn't listening because yeah. I was too busy. And I wasn't giving myself time to just stop and listen. So I really got to a point where it was really extreme for me. Um, And, you know, I was working in an engineering company in Burnside. And I was just sitting there. And one day I just kind of started shaking. And my eyesight went blurry. And just something didn't feel right. It was, you know, to this point where I no longer had control. Yeah. I had lost it. And that was the one thing, like my external control was the one thing that allowed for me to feel safe. Yeah. What do you think the control was lacking in? It wasn't even a sense of the control lacking. It was, I had to shift my life. Like I knew something needed to shift because I was really tired. I was really unhappy, but I was in this hamster wheel Yeah. and I didn't know how to get off. And I didn't understand at that time, like I've always kind of been a spiritual person. I was raised as a Baha'i. So Mm -hmm. we learned about all religions. So I was very open in the sense of spirituality, but it wasn't a practice. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I didn't have any practice. I didn't have a formal meditation, yoga, there was nothing. Um, so I didn't quite understand that whole holistic world. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was my thing, quote unquote, you know, it was just, uh, which is very common though. Yes. 
I, I think in any, regardless of what religion you follow, the, the holistic healing kind of has a taboo and I don't want to say negative association, but there is a stigma. There is. Witchy. Woo. Mm-hmm. Let's talk exactly. about the words. Let's call them out. Yeah. Um, you know, I have people looking at, you know, who look at me now and they can say, what's happened to be here? Yeah. And I'm like, um, I'm the happiest I've ever been. And I'm, you know, so super clear and focused and um, just so grounded and rooted in who I am. Mm-hmm. But to the outside world, that looks weird. Like I've yeah. strayed Yeah. because I'm, I'm no longer in that collective box of mm-hmm. social conditioning. Exactly. I've kind of pulled myself out and said, Hey guys, I'm going to go this way and I'm going to live in my truth Yeah. and I'm going to listen to my heart and I'm going to heal myself. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful over here. It's just this beautiful open space. Is it always comfortable? No. Yeah. You know, I still wake up and have emotions just like everybody else. But just the way that I handle them now is just so different because I now understand who I am and I know what I have control over and what I don't. The only thing I, what I've learned is the only thing I have control over is my reaction, my emotions, my feelings. Which is a very powerful thing. Let's talk about emotions. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of stigma specifically surrounding women and emotions. High strung, very emotional. Whenever you showcase that, there's kind of a, um, it kind of demeans a female in a certain way. Right. So for anyone who kind of identifies as very emotional or highly sensitive or empath, what do you recommend for those people to kind of convey their emotions and to foster that and to grow from it? Yeah, that's a beautiful point because um, that was a part of what I was lacking when I was controlling all of my life. <laughs> I wasn't really fully in touch with my emotions. Yeah. You know, crying was um, seen as weakness. That's funny you say that. Uh, you've mentioned it a number of times during our meditation practices. And I recall growing up and my mother's a very, very strong woman. She's uh, gone through very tough times. Uh, she raised nine kids on her oh, own. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she came to a country not knowing English, not having an education. And I admire her and look up to her for her resilience and her strength. Um, but one thing she never showed was emotions. Right. And that was, it conveyed itself to me as that was something I needed to I guess, not exemplify in my life. Mm. Um, and I grew up my entire life trying to suppress my emotions. Yep. However, I'm a highly sensitive individual. Mm-hmm. You could say anything to me and I'll probably start crying. <laughs> um, and that was so hard for me because I thought I had to like replicate her. to be, But even just to be accepted because... In society, culturally, what we're looking for is love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. So any part of ourselves, like, so if something wasn't modeled to us as children, yeah. um, if we don't have that way of understanding that emotion that kind of comes within and we suppress it, what that creates is a, a backup, a blockage of energy. Mm-hmm. It has to go somewhere in the body. So it lodges itself somewheres. And so with that accumulation, if you just think about we can use the analogy of a dryer vent. So if you don't clean out the lint in the dryer vent, you can keep using it and it will look like the clothes are drying, 
Yeah. But they're not. No. So that lint is all of those emotions that we, but we kind of have to dig deep and kind of go in and bring them to the surface. And that's the big part of my healing was when I had to start sitting with my emotions. So when I was forced to stop um, and was riddled with anxiety, mm-hmm. my eyesight went blurry. I couldn't watch TV. If my phone rang, I would start to shake. Yeah. I couldn't be around people. I was so overly stimulated. Yeah, Nothing made sense. Mm-hmm. So I had to start like my whole old identity burnt to the ground and I had to build myself up very much like a phoenix rising from the ashes, but there was no guidebook. There was nobody that I could reach out to that I could talk to about this. Mm -hmm. I had to do it on my own, which is why I'm so passionate about creating space and holding space for people because it doesn't have to be done alone. I was so lonely on my journey until I started to um, connect with a few other spiritually minded friends that we could talk about these things. It was almost like we were in the closet and we would wait and be like, oh my God, is this happening to you too? It's like, yeah, me too. And then there would be like this (laughs) huge two hour intense gaze conversation. And I just, it felt so good to have someone that you could share those emotions with, you know? Mm -hmm. So for all my highly sensitive um, empaths, out there. Just know that you're not alone and that um, it's actually a great strength to have this level of sensitivity. We are the healers of the world. We are the ones that hold this container of empathy and compassion, which allows for people to feel safe. A lot of people will tell me, you know, my God, people will, random people will just come up to me and start telling me their whole life story. (laughs) Like, yeah, you're most likely an empath because you're there to help them because they don't know how to process that energy, Mm -hmm. which is why once you can identify and know, right, I am very sensitive when I'm around people, that's when you start to harness your energy. So you go from being a disempowered empath to an empowered empath. So you begin to see, wow, this is powerful. This is actually a gift. Shift the perspective on it. Um, but that gift can only be realized when you start to do the inner work. Yeah. And you find out like who you are. Exactly. That's the journey. Well, going back to um, when you were at work and you realized like your vision went blurry and all of that, what did you do then? I was really scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel safe driving. Yeah. So I asked um, a coworker to take my car and drive me to the doctor. And I didn't have a doctor's appointment. I just went. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I knew she would see me because my father was bipolar and she was our family doctor. So she knew the history of my family. And I really, at that moment, I thought I was having like a nervous breakdown Yeah, because I, nothing made sense. Like I was, it's like everything just kind of stopped working for a moment. I didn't know really who I was, what was happening. It was really, really frightening. And I remember um, like in the doctor's office, there's a whole bunch of practitioners in there. So the waiting room is massive. So it's not even like a little office (laughs) with a few people. I'm walking through like a sea of people with tears streaming down my face, like kind of doing this very gentle shake going, am I forever changed? Yeah. You know, and I, at that time, just switched to full time. I just received like a pay increase. I had two girls in private school, young babies. Mm -hmm. And then here it is where I 
feel or think that my life is completely falling apart. Yeah. And I'm a recovering control freak. (laughs) (laughs) So that was not a good feeling. No, because it's like that. I know for myself, as soon as anything is beyond my control, I'm like freaking out. Yeah. Like it is scary. Totally. But I can tell you, um, the more like you lean into that and you let go and surrender a bit, like that moment of surrender for me on that journey was, it's, I can't even put it into words. It can really only be experienced. You just know like when it happens and you just kind of let go and you're just like, okay, whatever this is, whatever's supposed to happen, help me. And it was me really vocalizing and just calling in. Mm-hmm. help yeah and not human help <laughs> it was a higher power it was very much um you know I don't know if we want to use the word um, miracle or just magic whatever it was something in me shifted but it what it it took three months I was in an acute state of chronic fatigue anxiety racing mind for three months mm-hmm. um, and it was after that three month period where I just kind of let go because I couldn't, and I couldn't hide it from people anymore. I was doing a really good job because if people knew all my, they wouldn't trust me anymore. They wouldn't rely on me. So I had to be really um, careful with who I talked to and what I said was going on in my life. And I just had enough energy to like get my girls to school and pick them up at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But um, it was a very, Wow. Like just thinking back to it, it's, I've come so far. <laughs> you have. So, well, going back to that. So what did your doctor say once you walked in? Yeah. So yeah, she did see me without an appointment. And um, as soon as I sat in her office, I remember looking at her eyes and she goes, what's wrong? And I just started crying. And we talk about the tears. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. That's all I could say is yeah. I'm tired. And I didn't really have the strength. It's like, you're so tired that you can't even rest if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so she sent me home and said, okay, go home and rest for a few days and then come back and see me. And I remember when I went back to see her, we had a conversation and she wanted to write me a prescription for clonazepam. Well, Mm -hmm. but when I first went in, I told her, I feel like you need to put me in the Nova Scotia hospital. And she started like, not laughing, like mocking me, but it was a bit of a chuckle. And she's like, why? And I was like, I think I've gone crazy. Yeah. Like nothing makes sense to me. I don't know what's happening in my life right now. But at that time, were there like additional stresses? Were there multiple things that were pulling you or? Nope. There was nothing. No. I mean, aside from um, just moving into full time at work and having two young children. Yeah. No, my sister, my sister had just gotten married in the beginning of October Mm -hmm. and we had all, we did a girl's trip and it was right after the girl's trip. We had all gone to Miami when all of this happened. Okay. Yeah. It was very interesting. The timing of it all. Yeah. Um, But no, no real stressors other than it was almost like okay, she's not listening to us. So we're going to have to pull her brakes yeah. to get my attention so that I could shift my life and get off the hamster wheel because mm-hmm. I wasn't really living my fullest. Yeah. You know, I wasn't living my best life, but I didn't think I had control over that. Do you see? Like yeah. I just did what I was told. Yeah. You it know, was just the routine, like this is it. This is it. Th- yeah, exactly it. 
This is my life. I dug my hole and now I've got to lay in it. You know, there was no other choice. I didn't, I didn't think Mm -hmm. until this happened. And then when I was with my doctor, she wouldn't put me in the Nova Scotia hospital, but she said, I can write you a prescription for clonazepam. Mm -hmm. And my immediate gut reaction was no. Yeah. And I put my, I remember putting my hand right here on my solar plexus. Yeah. And I told her, um, you know, whatever this feeling is, I don't want to mask it. I need to figure it out. I, I need to pull it out of my body. I, I don't want it there anymore because mm-hmm. there was just something sitting here that I couldn't quite pinpoint. Yeah. So she said, okay, if you're not going to take prescription, um, let's make a list of everything that you do in your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. I made a list. It was eight and a half by 11 and we filled it up and not one thing was for myself. Really? No. Interesting. It's for everybody else. Like, I was like, I'm going to do this. this, this. She's like, okay. So, Bahia, she's like, you need to learn to say no. Yeah. You need to cut this list in half and you need to go to yoga. I was like, I don't do yoga. It's okay. I just completely (laughs) dismissed it at the time. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But um, a month later, I did end up in a yoga class because, you know, Learning to say no wasn't as easy yeah. as uh, people especially make it Especially when you're be. saying it yes for so long. Yeah. And especially when that is linked to your sense of worth. Because mm-hmm. that's the only way I thought people would love me is if I did things for them. That's so powerful. But also, I feel like that's more relatable than you might think. I know. Because a lot of us, and it, this might be a general statement, but I feel like a lot of us do things in our lives to please somebody else. Mm-hmm rather than ourselves. Absolutely. And and that's hard to like really like take a look and be like, oh shoot, I am doing that. Because then it kind of creates a question in your mind then like, who am I if I'm doing it for somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the journey though. Yeah. And that's where a lot of us will feel resentment and we're not sure why we feel it. And we take it out on our loved ones. Mm-hmm. But it, the resentment is coming because of the compromise that we've been making. We're compromising ourselves. So it's like a form or an act of self-betrayal. Yeah. So when we betray ourselves, we don't know how to process that. So what we do is we take it out on others. So we project this resentment. We project this hurt. We project this anger. Yeah. But really all of it comes from within ourselves because we've compromised an aspect of ourselves. And I had compromised so much of myself. I was so fragmented shattered you know like when a beautiful crystal drops and it's like shattered in a million pieces yes that's how I felt so imagine piecing those back together was such a journey Mm -hmm. um but there was just this resilience inside of me I don't know where it came from just this inner warrior this heart spirit um but it's you know it's why I'm here it's a part of my my human design Mm -hmm. I, I was here to experience everything that I have. It brought me to this place in my life. And now here I am being able to help people through it, creating a space and sharing with them that it doesn't have to be as intense as it was for me. Mm-hmm. You can heal with humor. I've had sessions with people <laughs> where we spend half the time in my room laughing because, um, the way that the energy is coming in and the way that we're working, mm-hmm. it's so ridiculously funny. And for some people, that's how they heal. Yeah. That's how they transmute energy. Everybody is different. For other people, there is crying and there might be some somatic 
experience. It can, it can range from super intense to, to super light. And it, it just, the, all there has to be is a willingness to look at yourself and to, you know, change. Yeah. If there's something in your life that's not working, are you, are you ready to change? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be life altering. Like you said, I, I really like that you highlighted that, that it could be levels of healing. Absolutely. Healing is seen as this traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. It's like, once you go through it, you're never the same, but also you're becoming a better version of yourself. Absolutely. And I think that's also where it comes from though, because people are so fearful of changing. Yep. Because of the comfort of, that's that's all they know. (laughs) Predictability. Yeah. If you can predict, even in discomfort, we as humans will stay that way. Mm -hmm. Like I knew, like when I was ready to move, that I had to move. Yeah. But knowing that this was going to bring change and then all of the energy, there was a little bit of fear that came up and then hesitancy. Yeah. But again, there is something inside of me that is so strong and powerful. It's like, no, but here you're going to do it anyways. Yeah. So it like propelled me forward to take action. There's one thing to think of your life and be like, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish. But then you have to balance your intention with action. Yeah. Intention plus action equals magic. Yeah. And you have to be willing to um, take that first step. And if you have an intention and you find that person that can hold you during that time and guide you through it, it can be a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. Messy. Yeah. Sometimes uncomfortable, but worth every flipping minute of it. Yeah. Because once you get pulled on the other side, there is this sense of relief. And then once you do it like one or two or three times, it becomes just like the cycle of the seasons. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's always this death and decay and then a period of rest and then there's blooming and then there's like super growth. Yeah. And then things die again and they decay Mm -hmm. and then there's rest. It's mother nature. And we as humans are the same, but we always want to stay in this state of blooming, blooming, blooming. We do. But then we're but overgrown. We don't want to put in the work. Right. <laughs> so then there's weeds and it's overgrown and it's a hot mess. And then people can't find themselves in that. Like, well, this isn't the life I wanted. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've just filled it up so much because we haven't taken the time yeah. to just stop and let some things fall away. Yeah. So, you know, a big part of what I do now is. I show up and I reach out to people and whoever resonates with me and feels drawn to me, I just want to let them know that healing is accessible and it doesn't have to be this scary thing and that you are so much more powerful than you could ever realize. If I can heal myself from a place of not even knowing what planet earth is, (laughs) that's pretty scary for a professional engineer who had her whole life planned out. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That whole analytical thinking. And that side of my brain hasn't gone away. So, yeah. you know, even as I'm I'm growing and learning more into the alternative healing, my analytical brain will still go, that's bullshit here. Yeah. I call them, I'm like, okay, listen, let's give it a chance. <laughs> so Let's hear it out. <laughs> let's, let's just play with it a little bit. So for me, you know, the biggest thing I always tell people is truth can only be known by direct experience. Mm-hmm. So until you've actually had an experience, yeah. you really, there is no truth to it. You can't resonate. You can't feel into it, yeah. which is why I encourage people to just Try something new. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you feel drawn to a sound healing session, give it a try or a group meditation. There's so many beautiful things that are coming up in the city that are creating spaces for people to gather. Yeah, so many. And I think it also, I want to say the universe is just fostering that growth. It's like, totally. <laughs> like I think there's a direction where... I I don't want to say this is a trend or popular belief right now, but I think we've, like you mentioned, the hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. Everybody has been on the hamster wheel. And I think everybody at one point or another was exactly where you were. Yeah. They were just tired or they are just tired Mm -hmm. and they just don't know what step to take or what to do next. Yep. So the question, I guess, is what would you recommend for somebody who's just feeling stuck? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, well, I am a huge supporter of, you know, awareness. Awareness is the foundation. So if you have this awareness that you take a moment and you're like, okay, this is my life right now and start to ask a few questions. Like, are you, what aspects are you happy with? What aspects are you not happy with? Are you willing to change? Are you willing to step, you know, a little bit out of your comfort zone and, If you start answering yes to these things, then you kind of have to start this inner dialogue because we are electromagnetic beings. Mm -hmm. So when we think and feel something, we put out that energy, we radiate that out. And then before you know it, you'll hear of a group meditation somewhere or, you know, oh, there's this event that's taking place over here. It will start to find you, but we need to have a clear intention. Intention. So once we have awareness, I'd say the next step would be intention, not expectation, because that's different. Expectation is when you limit your experience because you want something to happen because you're controlling the outcome. (laughs) So you kind of have to let go of the control a little bit um, and just say, okay, my intention is to um, heal or my intention is to get unstuck. Mm -hmm. Then we kind of have to let go and see what shows up for us. And I just want to also let people know, please don't wait until it's too late. You get to this place where you're on sick leave. Yeah. Because a lot of people will come to me as a last resort. It's funny you say that. Um, So as you know, I consult and I work with a lot of wellness and health practitioners. And that's often like it's, it's the process. You go to your family doctor, Mm -hmm. you take prescription drugs Mm -hmm. when that's not helping you. Yep. Then you look at other options. The non-traditional, non-mainstream options. And that's almost, I mean, everybody that I've talked to that has recovered or has had a journey that has changed their lives, most of them will attest that it's the the, the non-mainstream that has completely shifted their lifestyle. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's power. <laughs> and, um, and I guess for me, I was such a huge advocate because I I had seen, you know, how my father lived being on the medication and the ups and downs, and I didn't want to suppress or numb anything. Yeah. So, you know, and I also, I'm not, I want to put a disclaimer, I am not a physician, so I'm not telling people not to take meds or to stop taking meds. I am merely sharing my belief and my experience because, you know, everybody who's listening knows their own body. And if in that moment, that's what feels good for you, honor that. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that you want to work your way out, out of, set that intention. 
Exactly. Uh, and I feel that's important because there's a lot of people will sometimes also say, well, I feel kind of shamed or embarrassed yeah. that people are making me feel bad about taking this. But if they felt like that was their only option in the moment, um, then I, I want you to know, whoever's listening, that we honor and respect your choice. Everyone mm-hmm. has a choice. But I also want to give hope and let people know that if you want to get off it and you want to work towards something different, that there are resources out there to help you. Yeah. And there, you know, we really are bringing this push because it's all supply demand. Like yeah. all of this holistic healing, all of alternative healing has been done for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Western like Chinese medicine. Yeah. yeah. Western medicine is only a few hundred years, like, I don't know, three to 500 years old. Yeah. So it has so much more documentation mm-hmm. on it, yeah. but yet because we live in a modern society, we haven't carried forth the practices. No. We've lost it. We've lost the essence. And so for me on my healing, it just naturally started to wake up inside of me. Like my desire to learn about aromatherapy, I don't know where that came from. But I also know that my great grandmother and my grandmothers worked with herbs. Okay. So it's in me. That knowledge is in me, but it wasn't shown to me. It wasn't taught to me, Mm -hmm. but I have access to it. And as soon as I started taking the aromatherapy course, I haven't taken a chemical drug since 2013. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. And I I don't get sick. Yeah. So I can, you know, I can share with people that when you educate yourself, that's knowledge, that's power. Mm-hmm. And you can, um, you can use so many different alternatives to help yourself, but you just have to kind of be willing to take that step. Yeah. And I think a a key thing that you said is when you're ready. Absolutely. You have to be ready. Yeah. You can't push yourself to look at other options or to change your normal right now when you don't feel mentally or physically ready to take on what you have to do, like the hard work, what we've been talking about. So that's very, very important. And I'm really happy you highlighted that because alternative medicine is now popular. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you're seeing it on Instagram, you're seeing the crystals, you're seeing the cards, you're seeing the meditation, you're seeing the yoga. There's so many aspects. I think so many people are also, what do I start with? Where do I right. go? Um, so breaking down some of that, do you want to mm-hmm. kind of yep. uh, highlight, you know, the focuses and things like that? I would feel like if someone is absolutely new to this, I would start with um, creating a new relationship with your physical body. So most of us are operating in our minds and we are overly stimulated mentally. We've forgotten that we have a body. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of detach from it. So we're kind of only living from the neck up. So anybody's first step is to start to bring more of that feeling into the body. And it's going to feel, that's where people feel the discomfort because of all of the stuff they've repressed and all of that. If we go back to the analogy of the lint, all of that lint in there is too much. In there. Yeah. But, you know, in sound healing, you can take in one session and clear out a huge amount of stuff, like in any given moment. You don't even have to consciously be aware of it. Oh my gosh. It was funny because last night's sound healing... After we were going 
around in the circle and people were talking about the heart and, you know, what you were saying, I was thinking to myself and I was like, I don't even recall her saying that. Mm. Like the heart, like I, I didn't even recall you, like your voice was fading in and out, but I was like in my own bubble. Yep. I was just going deep. (laughs) And that's just it. Like ever your body already knows what to do to heal itself. And I tell everybody this, but we have to slow down. We have to get off that hamster wheel and we have to find the stillness. Mm -hmm. So if someone's first step is instead of, um, you know, driving every day, they take 20 minutes and go for a walk or they walk through a park and then they connect more into nature or even start a conversation with a friend and actually share something vulnerable or new, or reaching out to, um, you know, a holistic practitioner and asking a few questions. I do message of the day every day on Instagram and it, well, I try almost every day. Sometimes I get busy, but my intention behind that is to let people know they're not alone is to create a space. Mm -hmm. And so people can always message me and ask me questions and not feel like they, um, have nowhere to turn to because it's really important that we know that we are a community mm-hmm. and that when we collectively come together and share and heal, it is so much more powerful than seeing ourselves as separate from everyone else. Yeah. So yeah, bringing more focus in the body. So that could be through movement, dance, yoga. And then as you get more comfortable in the body, slowing down the mind or just inviting yourself a little bit deeper, start asking the questions, journaling, um, find yourself into a meditation. I do these beautiful ones in the salt room on Thursday nights. It's so tranquil. Mm -hmm. And I have people who have no spiritual vocabulary at all, but they love coming because of how good they feel. And every time uh, they come, they're always like, well, I just learned something new tonight, (laughs) you know, and it's because they have an openness, yeah, an openness just to experience. And that's all that's really required. And that alone will evolve your growth and your change and your shift. Yeah. And they come to me and they're like, oh my God, since I've been coming to your, your meditations, I sleep better and I'm more aware of what's going on around me. And I just feel like I have more control. And I'm like, yes. I love that. Yeah, I love that because when I discovered meditation and healing, I was kind of, it was a transformational period of my life. Um, and it was like a lot of questionable things that were going on. But nowhere in my mind did I think when I was kind of at my peak, I guess you could say, I don't want to say at my peak, but at my best, that, you know, meditation or holistic healing crossed my mind. Right. Right. And it was when I was at, and it was when I was at a low place, I will say. Mm -hmm. And you looked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's so important because it's oftentimes you don't look until like you mentioned, you're at your lowest Yeah, and, but you could, you can constantly be doing that even when you're feeling your best. Like business owners, um, Every anybody who is always giving, they also need someone to hold space for them. Mm-hmm. I, I've worked with therapists, I've worked with business owners, and I love when they come to me because I get to hold them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always necessarily have to be for trauma. No, it can you know just be this beautiful conversation where they leave with new ideas, new perspective, new inspiration. Something just wakes up inside of them and then they go off and then they take their business to a whole new level. Yeah. 
So, you know, this whole notion of, well, I have to be at a really low place to seek out these things. You could be feeling really good and want to just come and learn something more and realize just how powerful you are. Exactly. That's so powerful. And to me, I think like our minds are, I always say this like to myself and out loud, I'm always like to like my friends and everybody, I'm like, you don't realize how powerful your mind is. Like Mm -hmm. what you foster up here is what everything like mentally, physically. It's what you manifest. Yeah, exactly. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you think about. Be careful what you feel. But if you have no idea what that is, then whatever's coming at you, you're going to project and be like, oh, why is my life like this? And then again, you put the blame back outside. But I've done a lot of clearing, you know, and when something comes up that doesn't feel comfortable, I have this ability now to speak from a place of truth and kindness, but also power. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, this is how I feel about this and I'm not necessarily comfortable with it. And I know this isn't about me, but you know, so creating boundaries, but then also knowing when something is about me. Yeah. So if I physically feel uncomfortable and I've reacted and I feel anger, because you're still going to feel angry when you're a spiritual person. <laughs> That's not an emotion that goes away. It's actually very healthy. It's very normal. <laughs> very normal. <laughs> so please, if you're already on a spiritual path, there isn't, well, for me, there isn't this death of the ego. Ego is a very beautiful thing to have because that's what allows you to have a human experience. And we're here being humans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being grounded in your spirituality is what I call power, goddess energy, just knowing that you have a presence and that you can make a difference, but also owning your true emotions because you're still going to react to things. But the space between that reaction and how you handle it is just so much different. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel overly stressed or like it's out of my control or I have to run away. I'm just like, oh, well, this is happening. Okay, so now what do I do next? Mm -hmm. You know, and I just take the steps to shift that energy. Yeah. That's flipping power. Is it ever? And speaking about power, let's shift our energy. Let's take a few minutes to just manifest uh, the minds of our listeners and ourselves. Okay. (laughs) So if you want to go ahead and... Okay, so you would like me to do just a little... A few minutes. Meditation? Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, everybody. So just find a comfortable position. You can be sitting or laying down. And just allow for any other noises to just fade away into the background and just bring your full awareness to my voice. So just slowing things down. Focus on your breath, the inhale, and the exhale, the inhale, and the exhale. And just feel the energy moving through your body without judging or analyzing. You might notice tingling or heat at the soles of the feet and the palms of the hands. You might feel an openness in the heart space. We'll just take a quick second to reset the energy. So with 
the inhale, you're breathing in new life force energy. So just imagine this beautiful light coming into the body and it can be any color. And with the exhale, you are releasing any stress or tension. You can do a few breaths like that. The inhale, breathing in new life force. The exhale, releasing any old stagnant energy. So as we create this space inside of us, we can begin to hold an intention. We have this beautiful new moon in Scorpio, which is all about death and rebirth. Your lives may feel very chaotic right now. You may feel like there's a lot of change, but just know that your focused intention and feeling of love and gratitude in your heart space can help guide and direct you in a new on a new path. So if there's something in your life right now that you're looking to cultivate, shift, change, awaken, just hold it in your mind now, just visualize. And as you're visualizing, how does the body feel? How is it responding? Is it excited? Is it grateful? Is it joyful? Or is it resistant, intense? That will let you know if you're aligned with what your mind wants. So as you're visualizing something that you're wanting to draw into your life, it is super important to make sure that your emotions match, where you align yourself to that intention with openness, receptivity, no resistance. And you can do this at any time. It's so powerful to do in the new moon. And you can even take a moment and write out what you visualized and you can fold it up and you can place it on the windowsill with a crystal on top if you like. And you can go back in a month, read it and see if anything has changed. You can do this at any time. It has been an honor to guide you through this very quick intention setting. May these few peaceful moments continue for you throughout the rest of your day and know that you can always come back to this feeling. It is always there for you. Thank you. Where can everybody find you? Oh, I'm lovingly on Instagram, but my website has everything that's going on in my life. So you can go to www.universalhuman.ca. Follow her and check out her daily messages on Instagram. She is a soul that you want to be following. And I'm so happy to have you on here. Thank you. Want more? Don't forget to subscribe and to leave a comment below. Stay connected by following us on Instagram at shimi.co.